Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. It's a real honour to be here and it's an honour to speak on behalf of the greatest king that's ever lived and continues to live. Uh, in that, um, I'm, I've got a, a great, a great uh, sermon or um, message which I feel like is just as much for me as it is for you. And uh, that, that's always encouraging because <clears throat> it means that I'm living on the edge of it. And uh, it doesn't mean that I've got it all together, but it does mean that it's real. It's very real for me in this moment. And, and so I'm looking forward to delivering that. Um, I'd like to speak briefly into, into this year. We're 2020, and many of you have sort of been really pondering, what has this year got for you? And uh, <clears throat> in light of that, um, 2020 is a year of clarity. It's a year of insight and seeing more than you've seen before. And uh, as some would say, it's that 2020 vision. It's about a see beyond what, what uh, you've seen before into God's perspective. Now, who knows that, that <clears throat> it's actually a shift of perspective can just change everything. You don't have any more resources. You don't have any more skills. You don't have any more anything, but you just have a change of perspective and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, it's on. And uh, I just put a quick paint, uh, paint quick picture for that. It's just that, you know, sometimes we can get overwhelmed. The enemy's on the left, the enemy's on the right, the enemy's in the front, and it's before. But a change of perspective can change everything. They can't get away this time. So where you can feel like you're surrounded, but you can turn around and it's like, they can't get away this time. I've got this. My dad and I, we've got this. They're not going to get away. It doesn't matter which way I turn, it's on. Bring it on. When fear's, when fear's facing me, and when I'm facing fear, fear is facing me. And so change of perspective can change everything. And I believe this year is about a new vision, a new clarity, a new perspective. And also I believe it's a year of a double. And whatever you fix your goals or your vision on, you're going to receive a double portion of that. Um, Bill Johnson would say, whatever you behold, you'll, be, or you'll become whatever you behold. And so in the process of that, uh, whatever you're going to fi um, fix your gaze and intention on is essentially what I believe you're going to be receiving double portions and measures of. So that's a real encouragement for those that, that choose, like, hey, look, I've done despair long enough. I've done depression long enough. I choose a change of perspective. I choose to partner with what God is. I may feel insufficient. As Paul would say, I'm not sufficient of myself to think anything of myself, but my sufficiency is of God. You look out. My, my sermon this morning uh, is entitled, <clears throat> You Shouldn't, or I Shouldn't, But I Will. And so um, just to paint that picture, I, I will. Here we are. So there's times in life where we just know we shouldn't. But we do, I shouldn't, but I will. <laughs> because I can. Nice and I starting on a great yummy note. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I will. In Philippians chapter 4, okay, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, and it says, Not that I've already attained or am yet made perfect. But I apprehend, or to grab hold of, that which Christ Jesus grabbed hold of me for. And what it's saying, the word apprehend in, in the King James is a statement. Thanks, Josh. 
The word apprehend is very, very strong language. It means to arrest, essentially to handcuff, to grab hold of, to tackle, as it were, as it'd be like, you think you're getting away on the rugby field, but no, you're, you're coming down. It's to apprehend. It's to grab a hold of the thing which Jesus grabbed a hold of you. And so in my own life, it's been a journey because I, I started out when I had a God encounter at the age of 16 when God spoke to me as good as audibly in the Craigieburn mountain range in Arthur's Pass. And that shifted something on the inside of me. And it birthed with me in desire, a love, a, a beginning, a love for myself and a love for people. And in the process of that, I've got a, a burning desire to reach an unreached people group. That has sat with me for a long time, and as time's got on, it feels like, I just, I just don't know if I'm cut for that. I just don't know if I've quite got the mustard for that. And so that begins to die until just recently, listening to <clears throat> David Hogan, cheers, Gerhard, to David Hogan, and uh, he awakens me. I just go, oh my gosh, I've been lied to for the last number of years. I've just been lied to. Well, I can read in the page is exactly the way that that man's living today, and I could do the same. I, I used to believe that, and I do believe that now. And uh, I, I believe that uh, what's, what I'm carrying today is something that's going to rub off on you. Because you, you, you serve a good God that is, he, knows, he knows your name. He knows your name so well that he put it on the palm of his hand and says, I'm putting a tattoo on there, and it's got your name on it. And so he set you up for greatness and goodness, and as we partner, just, as that whole thing, it was just not, we're not looking for a key to get into the holies holes. That, that, that veil has been ripped in two. Change your perspective. You've got boldness. You've got access. You've got free, free open pathway. <clears throat> There's different people in the, in the life of, uh, <clears throat> of biblical history where they felt like they had, they had it all together. They were going down this line, and then it's like, slam, I've just... All hope is lost. Moses, for an example, he thinks, yep, I reckon I've got this. I've just been trained in Pharaoh's house. I've got this. He ends up going, right, let's put into practice some of these muscles. Ended up killing Egyptian and his whole life changed and he runs for his life in fear. God, at the age of 40, uh, sorry, I think it's age of 80, age of 80, God comes to him and says, you're the man. You're the man for this hour. And he's like, no. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to speak? I shouldn't be the one. I shouldn't be the one. Who am I? I'm not of an eloquent speech. I'm slow of speech. Who am I? But God finally convinces him, and he says, you shouldn't be the one, but you are. So go for it. And you finally come to the place, I shouldn't be the one, but I will. <clears throat> and there's times where you feel like, it, on your job frontier, you feel like, I should speak up. Oh, so I shouldn't speak up because they're going to misunderstand me. But you can. And I, I, I encourage you to do so. Uh, Gideon, for an example, he's, he's hiding behind the, the wine press. Um, interesting, it doesn't say in the wine press. Uh, hiding behind the wine press. And <clears throat> he ends up having a conversation with the angel. And the angel says... Hey, you're the man for the hour. Go in this your might. And he's like, nah, nah. Now, I'm, my family's the poorest in Manasseh. And out of my family, I'm the least in my family. You've turned up on the wrong doorstep. Like, <laughs> don't you think you've got the wrong address? Go down to the neighbors. I think they've got it together. 
He shouldn't be the man, but he was. He shouldn't be the one, but God, by the change of perspective, says, I will. And he did. What an, an incredible story of a man that God showed him that it wasn't really about him and it wasn't really about having tens of thousands of people. It cut it down to 300. Uh, Jeremiah, he says, who am I to speak? I'm just a child. I haven't got this. You know, you're calling me to, to, to get out there and, and to have a promotion at like in a young, as a young person. <clears throat> I shouldn't be the person for this. God's saying, you shouldn't be, but you are. Go for it. I'm behind you. You feel like you don't deserve a job promotion because others are more qualified than you. You feel I shouldn't go for that job promotion. I shouldn't put my CV in, but you should. You will. You can. Go for it. Isaiah feels like he's like, he begins to feel the weight of, of the, the significance of a God that speaks through him, the creator God that begins to say, you know, I, I'm calling a people that don't even seek after me. I'm calling them to myself. I'm calling them to repent. And I love it because the Hebrew word repent means to return back to grace. It means come back. I love you. My heart is for you. Come back to me. But regardless of the message, Israel is beginning to go, nah, we're just doing our own thing. And, uh, and God invites Isaiah to speak up. And he says, gee, I'm a man of unclean lips. How can I be the one to speak such pure words? Who am I? God says, basically, you shouldn't, but you will. I will make you to stand where others won't stand. I will make you to speak. I'm going to put, I'm going to put good words in your mouth. You've got this. Go for it. The life of Jonah. Jonah is one of those people that he gets a clear word. Go down to Nineveh. I want to tell those people about, about a loving God that they didn't seek me, but I'm, I'm seeking them. I want you to go down to them. And amazing, if you read one of the passages, the passage about Jonah, he doesn't even finish the conversation. It says he just arose and off to Tarsus. It's like, I'm leaving that conversation right there. I'm not even going to answer. <laughs> he's off. And partway down the track, you know, he's in this place where he suddenly realizes that maybe he should have listened after all. Because there's a storm brewing. The storm has got so bad that uh, I don't know how he managed to sleep in that boat, but the storm gets so bad uh, that the, the sailor's going, this isn't an ordinary storm. And they pull him out and, and draw lots, and sure enough, the lot does land on, on Jonah. And he confesses that, hey, actually, God said I should be doing something, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not, because uh, I don't think I'm the man. And so he says, throw me overboard, it's all been calm. He throws me overboard, sure enough, it's all calm. Ends up in the belly of a whale. And I just encourage you that you feel like you shouldn't, even when you feel like you're inside the belly of a whale, you feel like you're, sm you're, you're smelling of, of fish. Who knows, fish don't smell terribly great. I haven't smelled the inside of a fish, but it's probably not anything um, like the outside of a fish is bad enough. And so he comes out smelling like that. I'm certainly not the man. And God said, you shouldn't be the man, but you are. You shouldn't be the one speaking this message, but you are. And I'm going to unite it that 120,000 people in the city of Nineveh are going to be so radically heart-touched and, and convicted by what you share that you realize it wasn't about you and all you needed today. All you needed to do is say, I will, God. I shouldn't, I shouldn't but I will. 
and he came to that, that place. <clears throat> God doesn't qualify. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And sometimes we're just waiting to get all our ducks in a row and everything lined up. But he's saying, no, actually, you just go and, and I'll provide. I will make the way. And so God is not waiting for you to get qualified. He's waiting you to respond to the call. <clears throat> Hudson Taylor, he was asked, he, <clears throat> a more modern day missionary, he's, he's asked a, a, a significant question. Why did God choose you? Hudson Taylor, for those who don't know you, is, is largely where we get uh, modern missions from today. Uh, he was someone that was a goer. And he chose to go into a place that did not know and did not have not heard the gospel before. And in that place, he ended up uh, having such an influence that a large portion of China come to know Christ. And uh, that's just significant. Who knows China is a big place? I've flown over Australia and you look out the window and it's like, we're still over Australia. Oh my gosh. And then you just go back to sleep and you wake up again. You look out and it's still you know, red, red muddy soil. It's like, oh my gosh. I tell you what, China's a big place and that just dwarfs Australia. He was asked, why did God choose you? You know what his answer was? He said, I suppose God had to find somebody weak enough. He began to realize that it wasn't really about him. It wasn't about what I've got to bring to the table. It was about a God that says, I'm the creator and I've got everything that you don't yet have. And as you partner with me, your bank vault is full. That you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Grace means God's, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And when we begin to realize this, that I am more than enough for this moment, because my Papa God got me here. I didn't get myself here. My Papa God got me here. I am more than enough for this moment. In the life of uh, one of the greatest fellows in Scripture, uh, an inspirational dude who ends up <clears throat> uh, walking where people otherwise wouldn't walk, he ends up going into situations where he gets imprisoned. The next day, he's out preaching back in the synagogue. Uh, he's a firebrand, as it were, for Jesus. And we're going to read in a, in, a, in a moment here about what Jesus sees, what Jesus' perspective is about the situation. If you've got your Bible, I'll get you to turn to John chapter 13. I was musing uh, through Scripture, and this just popped out to me. And uh, it's a gem. I think there's times we, we can discredit ourselves so quickly. We can, we can say that uh, my future's not good because the way I've lived my past. You know, I shouldn't have a good future, but I will. I choose to, I'm going to. In the, life of, in, the, in the life of Peter, we see here, John chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where do you go? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? It's just like, I've got this, you know, come on, I've got what it takes. I can do this. Uh, I will lay down my life for you. 
Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock shall not crow, the cock shall not crow until you've denied me three times. And it's like, oh my gosh, boom, right there. It's just like, Ugh. I thought I was this sort of dude, and I'm actually, gee, I haven't got it all together. But notice this. The very next statement Jesus makes to him, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I just would have said it differently. But where I am, there you will be also. Sometimes we feel we've done the unpardonable sin. Sometimes we feel like we've denied the Christ. And to the one that literally did, and it was written that he did, it's not just a, a, a whisper or a murmur under the breath. That went down on the page. That was, that was heard. To the one that literally did, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. You shouldn't be the dude for the next season, but you're going to be. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe, in, you believe in God. I know you've always believed in God. It's time that you believe that I'm the door to the Father. God is able to make you stand where you don't believe you deserve to stand. I'm telling you now, if you haven't quite worked out if, you, if you're deserving or not, I'm telling you now you're not. But he calls you worthy. And there's a difference between deserving and worthy, eh? And so he begins to qualify you even though you know you're not deserving. Paul, uh, Peter here shouldn't be the apostle of faith that when he begins to speak out the sermon on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 get saved because the Spirit of God says, that's my word and this man's speaking it. And he's speaking it from the core of his heart because he knows who he is because he's loved right when he goofed. And his biggest, lowest point, Jesus, <clears throat> there is no depth. Jesus refused to descend to on your behalf, so there now is no longer uh, any height restrictions of how far you can ascend to in Him. In the process of that, when we feel like we've gone right, in, we've 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 gone below ground, you know, like we've 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 gone really into the muck, you know, we're we're basically a living cemetery. And in the process of that, Jesus says, "I went to the grave. I went to that dead place, and I chose you." Jesus himself, he shouldn't, but he did. He justified the ungodly and says, you were worth it. You were worth it. You were somebody that was worth it. I choose you. The difference between our condition and our position is a little bit like this. I asked God, what would there be in a mind picture? And he said, it's this. You may be uh, like a policeman. You've been given your uniform. You've got your badge. You're on night duty and you go out there, you're rippling muscles and you get out there, come on, bring it on. And so you get out there and you, you see there's something going on, a bit of a tussle down in one of those alleys and you get in there. Come on. But you don't realise that you're actually picked a fight just a little bit bigger for you than, than you were ready for. And you get done over. Yeah, the man, the man is policeman, he, he gets uh, beaten over, his, his clothes are ripped off him, his badge is torn off him. And he gets clubbed to the point that he goes unconscious. The thugs have long gone. He finally wakes up in a stupor in the morning. And uh, he's like, 
gee, what's happened to me? Who am I? What am I doing here? The question is, is he still a policeman? He is still a policeman. And so are you. You feel like your clothes have been ripped off, you're running around life half naked. You're feeling like, I feel like I haven't got life together, I feel ashamed, I feel this, I feel that. But it's not up to you to decide whether, whether your, your badge is being taken off you. You're still a policeman. You still carry the, the authority of heaven. Whether you feel it or not, your condition does not determine your position. That's up to the board to decide decipher whether they're going to pull your right of practice off you. That's not up for you to decide. You can make an appeal and say, I'd like to step out. But otherwise, that's a given. Your authority goes with you. The weight of heaven's for you. The open heaven is right here, right here, right here, right now. I don't have to beg for that, plead for that. That's already a given. And so when we look at our condition, we can begin to go and hide our, our head in shame and disappointment and and uh, I'm telling you now that you're allowed to put some clothes back on, but your authority never left. Your right of practice never left. It, it's your opportunity to step forward and say, you know what? You can see I haven't got it all together, but I have a right to be here because I didn't get myself here. And so therefore, if you're wanting to take me out, you go and talk to Papa about that because it's actually not my business. I'm in the safest place when I'm in the center of his will. I just encourage you, Alan, what you're about to do, embark on a journey that would otherwise deem unsafe for the natural man. You're right on track. God's got good things for you. <clears throat> you feel like you shouldn't. I shouldn't have a good marriage because we, uh, we've come from a broken background. You shouldn't, but you can. You feel like I shouldn't be the one that reconciles this relationship because I'm not the one at fault. But I'm telling you what, you can. And if you choose to, you'll get to see the fruit of that. I heard of that this morning and someone says, Fire, is it what you're speaking on? I just had that a few days ago. I felt like there's totally the other person's fault. And I'm just like, Ugh. but actually I chose to step into a situation and reconcile it. And the fruit of that came out of that. I shouldn't, but I will. I shouldn't be the one having to do this, but I'm going to be. <clears throat> People um, praying for, it's like, I'm not going to pray for that person that's sick because last time I didn't, I didn't see a result. I'm telling you, you feel like you shouldn't, but you should. You shouldn't, but you will. You can. You, you've got this. You shouldn't, be the one, but you are. You feel like <clears throat> my aspirations are too big, too bold, too out there. I shouldn't, but I can because my future is not determined by my past. My future is determined by him. Don't ever let your past define you. Mine's been a, been a, been a rumpty ride, but I tell you what, it's only making me stronger. You shouldn't be the one. Your, your muscles are burning. They're aching. You've been pushing on that boulder in life for a long time. I'm telling you what, you're getting stronger and that rock's not getting any heavier. 
Change your perspective. You shouldn't, but you can. You've got this. Jesus himself shouldn't be, shouldn't be the one to give his life as he did. Greater love has no man than this, that a man gave his life for his friends. And in Romans, Romans 6, it begins to tell us, is this that when we without strength, God, when, when, God when, when we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you realize what the, the, the significance of that is? It's Jesus the farmer and landlord dies for the livestock. He gives his life for the livestock. The shepherd for the sheep. No, it should be the other way around. He's the one that the king gives his life for the paupers, the subjects. He's the one that's preparing the table for us, not we for him. He shouldn't be, but he did. I'm going to read it out to you off the page, and it says, <clears throat> For you, yet we were without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, one would dare to die. But peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us that while we yet sinners, he died. While you are still hissing and cussing and saying, I don't believe in God, I don't, I don't go with any of that. He said, yes, long before you were thinking about him, he was thinking about you. You were worth it. You were worth it to him. What does a prophet a man to gain the whole world and you to lose his own soul? That says your life is more valuable than all the world put together. He says, I would rather die than to live without you. And if I was trading it for the world, it would be you that I'd choose. Jesus did not die for us to have a relationship with God. Jesus died so that we could have his relationship with God. We are privileged to move into a place of walking with, with supernatural righteous authority, supernatural favor. I'm here because he chose me. John chapter 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I deigned you. You're the one. You're the one that's going to make the difference to the neighbor. I shouldn't go to the neighbor because they're probably going to, to judge me. But I will. But I will. If you don't know Jesus here today, or if you're going, man, I feel like I'm just trying to do this God relationship, but I'm needing a Jesus relationship. If you feel like, actually, I need a shift of perspective. I feel like I'm needing to... to uh, <clears throat> move into a place where actually I choose to take ownership for this. I shouldn't be the one doing this, but I will because I can. If something's speaking to you today and you feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one that's gonna initiate in this marriage. I'm gonna be the one that reconciles this relationship. I'm gonna be the one that steps forth and enter, enter the new job potential or opportunity even though it's gonna be tough for me. That's being due, as, as, you, as it pops to your mind, something that you're going to say, I will. I shouldn't be the one, but I will. If that pops into your mind, I'm going to get you to stand at your feet of what's something that you're going to take ownership for.
Yep, you can stand up as, as, as that pops in your mind. Challenge yourself to grow because a big vision can't fit into a small body. A big vision can't fit into a small life. Challenge yourself to go, I can get over that hurdle. I can, I can, I can choose to believe God's got me in this moment. Some of you here that haven't possibly given your life to Jesus, you might be telling telling yourself that I can't, I don't deserve, I shouldn't come to Jesus because I'm, I'm unworthy, I don't deserve to. You shouldn't, but you can. You may feel like I can't give my life to Jesus because I haven't got my life sorted yet. Don't try and clean yourself before having a shower. Just let him wash you. I can't come to Jesus because I'm unforgivable. You shouldn't, but you can receive the full unmerited favours of God of forgiveness. Jesus gave himself so that you could be reconciled to your fullness. I'll get you to all bow your heads, stay in your position. If that's you, that that God is speaking in your heart, that you'd like to either rededicate your life to Jesus or you'd like to say, yes, I would like to know Jesus in that way. If that's you today, I'd encourage you to, to, uh, as as heads are bowed and closed, eyes are closed, that if that's you today, put your hand up. Encourage you to make that decision today. I shouldn't, but I will. I shouldn't. I shouldn't receive this unmerited favour and grace, but I'm going to. Is there anyone here today? I'm going to count in my head for a few moments and give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Is there anyone here today? For those who are standing and those that want to be standing, but you feel like you shouldn't because you don't feel like you can carry out the thing that you that God is encouraging you to do so. I'm just going to pray for you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare favour, supernatural boldness to come upon your children. That they would know favour that is beyond the things in which they have earned, deserved work for, the things that have been freely given to them of God in Christ Jesus. I declare over Every heart here today that hope doesn't make ashamed is just on the other side of your miracle. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ a new sense of purpose, a shift of perspective that you would know the things that God has got for you. It's one thing to be a follower of the teacher. It's another one to follow his teachings. I bless you as you walk that out in the name of Jesus Christ. Be strengthened in might and the spirit of grace in Jesus Christ. Let's put our hands together. Encourage you to um, uh, just do. I just encourage you to walk out the thing in which God's saying to you. Um, wave your hand if you feel like you're really going to carry that thing out. I shouldn't, but I will. Got on you, Marcus. Someone else. I shouldn't, but I will. I'm going to be that person. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I will. I shouldn't, but I will. That's you. Well done.
I shouldn't, but I will. That's gonna be, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna step into that moment. I'm gonna step into what God's got for me. Awesome. I'm not gonna let my life be wasted. God bless you. Let's put a celebration for Jesus. He's the one that made it possible.